Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different. Different. This is NOCO FM. Hi, and welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. The House of Neighborly Service is a faith-based and nonprofit organization which provides a variety of programs from basic and emergency intervention to preventative and educational programs in order to help strengthen vulnerable and at-risk families. The House of Neighborly Service has multiple sites and serves the Thompson Valley and surrounding areas, including the House of Neighborly Service Birthed Life Center and the House of Neighborly Service Loveland Life Center, which are multi-tenant facilities that host multiple faith-based and nonprofit organizations. Today, we will be talking with Glory Magram, executive director who joined the House of Neighborly Service staff in 2001. Glory received the United Way Collaborator of the Year Award in 2010 and Loveland Rotary Club's Community Member of the Year Award in 2012. We are also glad to have Cherry Houle with us, who has worked with the House of Neighborly Service for three and a half years, two years spent in caseworking, and one and a half years in donor relations. She is honored to be part of the life-changing work of the House of Neighborly Service, where every individual is treated with kindness and dignity. All right, so I am super excited to talk to Glory Magram and Cherry Houle, and they are from House of Neighborly Service. And I started learning about the House of Neighborly Service because my kids actually went to a school that the entire school came and did a volunteer day at the House of Neighborly Service. And I was so impressed with all the different things that were going on at the same time and how the kids could just spread out and not only, you know, provide food or go through food, but they were singing, I think it was during Christmas. Yeah. So they were singing Christmas carols. They were sorting, you know, clothes, you know, they were making arts and crafts. So it was super interesting. I've been waiting to get you guys here uh, to just learn a little bit more and to share with my listeners what the House of Neighborly Service is all about. So thank you so much, first of all, for coming. And I'd love to know a little bit more about who you are and what sparked your interest in giving back. Well, I discovered House of Neighborly Service just quite by accident. I went to a Christmas party and met a woman who was working there, and she encouraged me to try volunteering. And I started volunteering in the clothing uh, program and absolutely fell in love with the mission of serving communities and the wide variety of, of things that they offer, which is what you saw and excited you. It's kind of a one-stop shop. Uh, we were created by the local churches in Loveland, and we also have a center in Bertha that was created by the churches. And it was to really take the burden off of those individual churches and create a system of accountability. So we have grown in 58 years to a program that serves just a little under 5,000 people last year with from the very basics of food, clothes, 
utilities, all the way up to educational programs, financial literacy, parenting. We have holiday programs that just really meet the needs of of families. That's our focus is families, although we serve thousands of individuals as well. And so you said you kind of stumbled across this. So what were you doing before? Well, I was actually working at the Reporter Herald, which is a local newspaper, and um, was right across the street from House of Neighborly Service at the time. So I was aware of it. I knew you could donate food and clothes there, which I had done, but I had no idea the plethora of programs that House of Neighborly Service had then, and that was back in 2000. And then also I didn't know until I got inside that it was a center that had multiple nonprofits sharing space. So now we have the Life Center, which is what you visited. We have 16 nonprofits under one roof, serving together, working together, and sharing those overhead costs, which is really good for our clients. It's really good for our donors to know that we're being good stewards of gifts. Wow. And did you give back when you were younger as well? Because what were you doing at the Reporter Herald? And to make that shift of going into something like communications, if anything, it depends on what you were doing there, to now into this big, huge, you know, community of nonprofits working together. Well, my parents are actually pastors. Okay. In the Los Angeles area and always had an outreach to people in need. And I ended up at the Reporter Herald because um, I had kiddos at home and I was subcontracted from them to work on a, a publication that came out once a week. And so it was really, it worked well for my schedule. And then I would see out the window, oh, there's House of Neighborly Service and look at those people lining up out front. I wonder what's going on over there. So that was why I initially said, yeah, I'll come over and visit and see if I can help out. Oh, okay. And Cherry? Oh, my story is um, not as elaborate, but <laughs> I was a homeschool mom. I had four children, have four children, and they're grown. Now I have a grandchild and a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law. And I also, my husband and I were pastors, part-time pastors for a local church for about eight years. And in that process, um, I also volunteered for Habitat for Humanity. I'm still volunteering for them for the last seven years. I've done that. Love that organization as well. About four years ago, I was approached by somebody who worked at House of Neighborly Service, and they said, Sherry, you would be a perfect fit there. So they asked me to come in and volunteer. And I went in and I thought, wow, this is incredible. I lived in Loveland and have been in Colorado for uh, 30 years. And I did not know of House of Neighborly Service. So I was blown away, got involved with it, started working as a caseworker. For two years, I did that. I came home every day with a heart just overwhelmed by the needs in the community, but also by what was offered in our community for those in need. And it just, every day it moved my heart. So I went from caseworking and then went into donor relations. That's what I presently do. So help out with events, help out with raising funds, which is also a heartbeat of mine because this work needs resources. I grew up in a family that had, we had five foster children through the years, and we always gave back to the community. That was the heart of my parents. They worked in the ministry of church. They always did nonprofit uh, outreaches. We always were helping somebody 
somewhere if my dad would come home and say, hey, a family broke down, they need some dinner, you know, that was our family. So it was part of who we were. So when I found out about this and got involved, it just blesses me beyond what I can even express because you just don't realize it. It's not just the homeless person on the corner. It's sometimes your neighbors and you have no idea. They're going through everyday circumstances, disease, a job loss, sickness that causes them to have an interruption in their financial situation and they need help, you know, to make the mortgage payment, to stay housed. They need help. And that's what we do here. We give so many services that can help support that family and allow them to then apply funds to their mortgage payment, their rent payment, seniors. I love that we have so many seniors who are on fixed income, and we forget while everything else is going up around us. And we think our properties have gone up, and we're so excited, but for that person who's paying taxes, and they can't afford that increase because they're on a fixed income, House of Neighborly Service is there to help those seniors, give them food every month, help them with a utility bill. You know, give them some fuel or prescription help. Wow. I didn't know that you did even that type of thing Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. So how does somebody find services? I mean, do they have to apply? How does it work as far as who you're able to help? Well, very often people are referred to us by their utility provider. We have partnerships with the City of Loveland, Berthet, EOC, REA, Little Thompson, um, the, uh, just a variety of uh, providers that do utilities. So, so they will refer their own clients to us. Agencies within our community, the library, physicians, churches. We get lots and lots of outside with the school district. And then once they're referred, do they still have to be eligible, I guess, for services? Our eligibility is truly based on income and where they live. We try not to duplicate services in Northern Colorado, so we have organizations that serve Hooter District, Weld School District, and Thompson School District. And we are the ones that cover the Thompson School District, which is South Fort Collins down to the Boulder County line, Drake up in the Thompson Canyon, just to the other side of I-25. So that's our territory. On a first visit, somebody doesn't know where they live and do they qualify. So we always help people on their first visit with a wonderful food basket, which is a week's worth of meals designed by CSU to be nutritious and very complete. It's just people's eyes just get big when they see this whole shopping cart full of food and toiletries and baby items, diapers, just just a wonderful full basket brought out. And so you said designed by CSU. So are they students? Are they professors that kind of helped and, you know, looked at everything and and kind of created this? We worked with the Extension Office, who are very, very knowledgeable about food and and consumption. And our food baskets are based on family size. And they are seven breakfast, lunches, and dinners Mm -hmm. complete. Wow. So a family, when they leave, especially if they're newly in crisis and might not even know where to go for help, They walk out secured with a week's worth of groceries so then they can qualify for food stamps. If they do qualify, and as Cherry said earlier, our income guidelines are 70% area medium income, which means a family afford to be self-sufficient in Larimer County, they have to make about $64,000. So our income guidelines for four go up to just under $62,000. 
because as Cherry said, families that don't qualify for services but are doing everything they can to make ends meet, that's who we want to be serving as well as those who have lost their job. We want to stabilize families and just keep them working and keep them on their feet. So you said 70% AMI, which is area median income? Income. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's very expensive to live in Colorado, especially in Lambert County. Families, while they're working really hard, sometimes even two-parent families aren't quite making it. Yeah. So you've been here, you've been with the House Neighborly Service for about three, close to three and a half years. Mm -hmm. That's you, Cherry. And then, Glory, how long have you been with? 18 years. Oh, my, 18 (laughs) years. Wow. So what have you seen over the 18 years from when you first started to where you are now, like what was the biggest transition or what are, what are some of the things you're excited about that it's, that it's growing or where you're like, man, I wish over the past 18 years, maybe like this could have happened. Well, we used to be right on the corner of Main Street. When we outgrew that building, our heart's desire was to get our clients who do have to line up sometimes off of Main Street just for some, you know, a little bit of anonymity. And so we're really excited about our new location. We always saw the benefit in having multiple organizations together in in one space. And so when we began to look at a new building, first thing we did was we reached out to all these partners that we refer to every day that might be across town, they might be in Fort Collins, they might be in Weld, to be honest with you, and just say, would you have any interest in coming in and having an office in our building so that clients can access services without driving across town, taking more time off work. So that was really an accomplishment for House of Neighborly Service to create the two life centers. And then, as um, some of you may know, Berthoud is a thriving community and growing, one of the fastest growing communities in Colorado. And we um, had an office in Berthoud for 28 years, and they began to see the benefit of having a life center and bringing multiple services down to the very southern city in our county. In 2017, we opened up the life center and we now have nine nonprofits. We had been in the basement of um, the Presbyterian Church in Berthoud for 28 years. And then the life center was really going to be requiring more space. So Grace Place offered for us to move in there. So we are there twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And it's been a real benefit to the families that live in Berthoud. Wow. What are some of the numbers of families or, or individuals that you've been able to help? And what have you seen over the past 18 years? Well, last year we saw 4,600 plus individuals. And that's unduplicated, which means that those individuals can come multiple times during the year. Oh, wow. Okay. So we've seen a great growth. We have about 10% of our clients that are homeless. And then the rest of our clients, most of them are just families, individuals, single mamas, seniors again. So we have a, a huge chunk of our clients that don't qualify for food stamps and that are needing assistance from us just to stay housed. Wow. So it's almost like it's the gap area. It is. You know, absolutely. where you're able to cover the people who don't qualify, like you said, for yeah. food stamps or anything else, but then they can still come and get some nice, fresh, nutritious food as well or other things. Exactly. And many times, what we like to say is that our clients aren't necessarily coming on an ongoing basis. 
we just might have a family or take the single mom, for example, she might go through, we had this happen a couple months ago. We had a single mama who the flu went through her house, which isn't a big deal to most of us. But if you live paycheck to paycheck and you get sick and then your kids get sick and you've got to stay home and you miss a week of work, a week of pay that put her behind just enough that she could not make her rent payment. So for her to come in and get some food to get her utilities paid, that helped her. That let her redo her budget so that she had some funds to pay her rent. Now, she might not be in ever again. And that's the case with many of our clients. They're just going through a hiccup. They're going through something that happens. Another client they think of that broke her ankle. And so you're out of work for a time you're not expecting. And if you're at a job that doesn't pay for that or gives you sick time, you possibly could lose your job or you've got a time period where you're not getting any income. So you need resources. You need help. And the, the other thing that Gloria was talking about, when somebody comes in, what I love is that our caseworkers treat them with dignity. They treat them with kindness. They listen. They're not social workers. They're people who are there to offer services. But they offer services plus what they offer is connections to other agencies. So even if they're from another county, most of the time they'll leave with that food, but they'll also leave with resources and phone numbers from another county where they can get help. So their connection to the other nonprofits, we're very much about collaborating with other nonprofits because we understand that it takes a community of people working together to make a difference. Wow, I love that. And so you must have people that you have to train to be able to be caseworkers because they're yes. not social workers, you That's said. Correct. So mm-hmm. where are some of your, I don't know if you if you call them employees, I don't know mm-hmm. if you call them yet, yeah, where do they come from typically? Well, we have a very small staff mm-hmm. and a large pool of volunteers. Oh, we have okay. over 300 volunteers that help us every wow. week <laughs> in our three locations. Yep. So one of the locations we haven't mentioned is... It's an outreach for homeless adults, and it's in downtown Loveland. And then we also have, uh, it's called 137 Homeless Connection. We also have Angel House, which is an outreach specifically for families with children who are experiencing homelessness. And that's located right in the Life Center in Loveland. So they're surrounded by all these other resources that are going to help them get out of that situation and overcome the barriers that cause them to be homeless. But very often our staff are pulled from our volunteer team. I started as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Jerry started as a volunteer. So they come from all different professions. Um, we have just a wonderful group of people that come and serve in the food pantry and the clothing boutique. And um, we get to know them and see how they interact with the clients. And most of them just love them and are there to serve. And if they are really good at keeping tracking and data, because that's one thing caseworkers have to do is do a lot of data entry. Um, We pull them right out of our volunteer pool and and hire them on staff. What about what's interesting to me too, that you mentioned that I don't want to skip over is the financial literacy and the education. So tell me a little bit more about what kind of services or classes that you provide and who are they for? Well, we do require our clients on an ongoing, clients that are going to see receive services on an ongoing basis. We require that sometime within two years of their first visit that they take a financial literacy course. 
They can take it with us. We offer multiple courses. They can take it online on the FDIC website. There is a a really good course that's offered in 11 languages. We will accept it if it's taken at another agency. But we want them to have a chance to really understand their finances and look at their budget. Some of them have never even learned how to budget or, or use a checking account. And we use credit cards so readily these days. And sometimes credit cards aren't tracked well. So it is required. We will give waivers to seniors if they feel like they've really got it together. Their income's not going to change. They understand that they just don't have enough to stretch for the month. To be honest with you, we've got quite a few grandparents raising their grandkids right now, yes. which really brings a whole new dynamic to grandparenting. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that is our financial literacy course. And then we also offer parenting classes, Love and Logic, which is the course that our school district offers. Yes, that's right. I just saw that actually. Oh, it's yeah. a wonderful course. It's been tried and true. Very good course. Mm-hmm. And so that's available. We don't require that, but um, obviously that's a, a really good skill for a family, especially if they've been through a traumatic situation or they might have some struggles with their kiddos in school. It's, it's a really good course to just get the family on track. Wow. Okay. And so tell me more about your volunteers. Where do they come from and who are they? We have volunteers from all over. <laughs> so we have, like Lori said, we have over 300 volunteers. We have a lot of seniors that come and volunteer. We actually have families that will come and volunteer sometimes. We have the church community that steps up. So we just businesses. We have businesses that sometimes come in as a group if we've got a project to be done and they'll come in and they'll get it done. We appreciate our volunteers and could not do what we do without them. And you're constantly taking more volunteers. So all they do, what, what do they need to do as far as the process of getting involved? Do they just need to make a phone call and arrange, you know, if it's a group versus an individual? They need to fill out online at www.honservice.org, H-O-N-S-E-R-V-I-C-E.org. Fill out the volunteer, push the volunteer and fill out the application. That's the beginning of the process. Easy. Yeah. Don't forget, our volunteers are our number one donors. Correct. Giving up their time. Thank you. Oh, they're so valuable. So valuable. They are. Here's something you might not know. NOCO FM is also a podcast network producing one-of-a-kind programming like the show you're enjoying right now. We have talk shows, original comedy, music shows curated by real people, and a lot more. So if you like what you're hearing, make NOCO FM a part of your day and tell your friends. Remember, that's www.noco.fm. more about, actually, I want to learn more about maybe some upcoming fundraisers, opportunities. Where can people get involved? Well, we do have the very best fundraisers. They're very (laughs) exciting. They're fun. We actually have two coming up this fall. Next month on October 12th, we have our first rappelling fundraiser. It's called Rope for Hope. And it's uh, managed by a company called Over the Edge, who do these rappelling events 
all over the world and especially the United States. And so we will be rappelling off Loveland's brand new five-story parking garage. Okay. I, you're saying, I was like, okay, how many yes. stories? I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I'm seeing like a tall <laughs> I, building. I we don't have like, okay, five stories. Yeah. No, we don't have skyscrapers so in Loveland. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's very doable, yeah. especially all mm-hmm. of us are doing this for the first time. Are you guys doing it? I am. Ah. I'm doing it. Are I'm raising do- money for a client <laughs> to go over. Client go okay. They would not be able to raise the money yes. possibly themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's we believe it's going to be a family that's just gone through a lot and they really really have done well. They've worked so hard. Yes. So as as a tribute to them, they're going to go over for Great me story. the executive director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how does that work as a fundraiser yes. then? Well, this is called a peer to peer fundraiser. And we're excited about it because what it is is that each edger, that's your repeller, I'm an edger myself, they commit to raising $1,000. So we have a platform, an over-the-edge platform that they get on, they register, it's very easy, and then they send out, you create a campaign or not, it's up to you. I'm doing it in a very simple way, but you can get very elaborate. For those who like technology, you can send out through Facebook and Twitter and all these different media measures but I actually am just sending out text and it sends out a beautiful picture with a campaign saying help House of Neighborly Service. And I have raised $6,200, I think $55. Wow. So people love it. They're having fun. You just let let your friends know that you need support because you're going over it. It's, we're calling our edgers the everyday heroes, and that's exactly what they are because it takes courage. I don't care if it's just five stories. It takes courage to go over five stories, and it takes courage to ask people to say, hey, I've got this wonderful nonprofit that I'm deciding to repel for and go over the edge for. Would you support me? And that's wow. what I'm asking my friends and families to support me as I go over the edge for House of Nibley Service. So it's been fun. It's going to be a party on wow. the ground that day. We're hoping to have 50 to 60 edgers. We'll have the mayor of Berthoud going over, the mayor of Loveland going over. And so it'll be and vendors, some food there, some fun. And the over the edge team out of Canada is top notch professional. So they know what they're doing. They've done over a thousand events and there has been no incident minus one bee sting. So everybody gets down safely. What's a bee sting? <laughs> they somebody got a bee sting. That was the only oh, incident. A bee sting. Yes, literally. I was thinking somebody got a bee sting. St- no, somebody oh. got stung by a bee at their event, but that's the only incident report they had. So <laughs> there will also wow. be a climbing wall for children yeah, that'll for come children. from one of our uh, organizations in Loveland that has a nice climbing wall, portable climbing wall. We've got some wonderful sponsors. Uh, Lehman and Lewis Financial Group is our presenting sponsor. And so to all of our sponsors, thank you for stepping up and supporting House of Neighborly Service. Wow, that sounds fun. Okay, so that's October 12th. That's October 12th. And, and what's can, it called again? It's called Rope for Hope. And you can come and view it that day on October the 12th, probably from 9 to 4, depending on how many edgers we have. Come, see what's going on. Cheer on the edgers going over. You can register as an edger. You can register as an edger up to the day of event. So as long as you get that $1,000 to go over, you're going over. And you can donate to other edgers or you can volunteer. So go to our website and you can click any of those options. We would love to have you a part of it. It is going to be a citywide fun event. 
That sounds amazing. I'm like typing yes, this and yes. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I bet you my son yes. would want to do that. <laughs> He's going to have to raise money. Yep. Um, okay. Um, what else? It. Yeah. What else is going on? Well, in November, we have a fundraiser that we've done for about the last, this might be the 13th year, yeah. and it's called Fall Into Jewels and More. It started out an idea that one of our board members had of asking friends and service clubs to donate their used jewelry. So you might have inherited some jewelry that you're never going to wear, but it's valuable. And to donate it to a nonprofit is really, it makes everybody feel good. And then you probably have jewelry yourself that you bought and you just don't wear anymore. So it's almost like just sharing, community-wide sharing. So we have, over the past 12 years, really, really broadened this, that we receive literally tens of thousands of pieces of jewelry donated all year. We have sorting committees. And then on this one night, we lay it all out. It truly takes up the entire life center. And then over the last couple of years, we started to really see the value in some of our clothing donations and shoes donations, brand names. I bought yes. a coach bag one year at, at oh, Fallen yeah. to Jewels and beautiful, beautiful things. So we added the boutique. So now we have beautiful things for both men and women. We get great donations from stores and Taylor Loft. Shields on a regular basis. Wow. And so we encourage everybody, if you're not into jewelry, come check out the boutique. It's boot hunting boots and golf clubs and very nice. Oh, things. beautiful, yeah. beautiful clubs. So the boutique is all year round that people no. could just come, or is that just during that time? No, that there are clothes, clothing items and jewelry that are stored, that are donated and stored all year long. And then that night becomes a shopping frenzy. We will have wine and hors d'oeuvres. It is a ticketed night, so you pay $25 to shop per ticket, $30 at the door if you want to come. But it is a hoot. We have so much fun. There's live music usually, and it's right before Christmas, right before Thanksgiving. So there's you can find things to give to friends. Gently used items. We're still taking donations, especially of jewelry, but we have just tons of items. So it's it's a f- shopping frenzy is what I call it. And the ladies have fun. We'll just have a great night. Now, we do have a, a boutique that's available to our clients year round. Yes. And it is as beautiful that night. If you walk in, we've had funders come in and, and comment, this looks like a high-end store. Wow. And mm-hmm. that's our goal. We want our clients to come in there to a wonderful shopping experience, sense the value that our community puts on every single person. And what is yes. so fun about the Life Center, it's like a beehive every day, all day long. People are dropping off food, they're dropping off clothing. And then it's really community helping one another. You know, we're not mm-hmm. a government entity. We are just the community helping one another. It's really, a, it's what a community should do. Being good neighbors, kind neighbors. <laughs> we also have a campaign right now. It's called Choose Kindness, and it's a monthly donor campaign. So you can go on our website and you can see what your dollar would buy, um, what your $10 would buy, what your $100, whatever your level and your ability and comfort in giving 
you can see the impact that it has on, on our community. Oh, I love that too. Because, you know, I was, I was interviewing somebody else and I was thinking about that too, that it's great to see where your money goes. Cause for people who can't donate the time or, you know, they might not have either the clothes or they don't have, you know, the time to go through the clothes Mm -hmm. or anything like that. It is kind of nice to see, well, then if I just want to donate $50, if I just want to donate a hundred or 500, where does my money go? And that's always, I think, super important to have included because you want givers of all kind too, you know, and whatever people can give, if it's time, love, volunteering, you know, clothes, jewelry, it, it, food, it's all kind of something that you don't want to deter people from giving however way they they can. So that's really neat that they can see that online. And some of our volunteers and actually some of our staff members have received services in past years. Just, you know, everybody needs help once, at least sometime. Well, and I mean, House of Neighborly Service, it sounds like it's been around for a while. It sounds like you do have many churches, many different um, organizations, nonprofits working together. But I feel like there's still always more. So what other types of connections or help do you think you need to help push the needle forward? Even as well established as you are, you guys are a nonprofit in a community. So there's always something more that can be helped. And so what's something that maybe is on your wish list even of another connection or something that's going to help you um, get to the next step? Well, the reality is, whether we like it or not, is our community is growing. No matter what city you live in, you're feeling the pressure of a growing community. And Folks come in here and they have great jobs and then they discover they might not be able to afford a house right away, so they're paying high rents. So the ongoing need is that we are just being compassionate and generous and doing a little bit. If everybody does a little bit, we can really help those new neighbors. Um, Some of the people in need are our old neighbors. They've been here a long time. They still are struggling. They can't make it. Our seniors, oh, I have such a heart for our seniors because many of them have lived here their their entire life. They're not going to go somewhere else and start Mm -hmm. a new life and they're struggling. And so I guess I would just say the ongoing need is that everyone become a part of something good and something beautiful in helping your, your fellow neighbors, mankind. And I love that. And it seems so easy, but I also talk to so many people who are just, they don't know where to start. And so what kind of advice do you have for people that, whether it's whether it's helping with the House of Neighborly Service, whether it's just getting themselves out there, you know, you two have lived in this world where it seems like, it seems so easy to make these decisions of, what, you need help? Of course I'll be there, or of course I'll lend my hand. But there are other people on the other side who haven't made that jump yet. So what what kind of advice would you have for them to just get involved? Like, like you said, you know, just help out, just get involved, just do it. You know, I think a lot of people don't know what to do. What I find is that people need a path. They want to help. They don't know how to help. And so organizations, and we have many wonderful organizations here in Northern Colorado, but people um, want to be able to plug into something that's working well, tried and true, It's a good path where I'm safe. My kids are safe. It really is impacting people and I can see it for myself. I think that's really important to reach out to organizations that do have a track record of serving and and just 
maybe try a few and see where your gifts and talents would That's a great point. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And come, they are welcome to come and take a tour. So we give tours of the Life Center, which is over 62,000 square feet and has 16 other nonprofits there. So just come, come and take a tour, see what's happening there. Come and find out about the other nonprofits as well. And then I would say, where, where does your heart beat? You know, where do you feel a heart connection to? It might be something that you've gotten help from in the past. You know, if it's a boys and girls club, you know, whatever it is that's, that's moving your heart, where do you feel that heart connection? And we would love to have you come see the place. And then we would love to have an opportunity to connect your heart to what we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are your hours? What are your days of the week that you're open? For services and for donations, we're open Monday through Thursday, 9 to 4. But when we built the Life Center and we felt that it really belonged to the community, we built community spaces. So we have a large community room called the Gateway, and it's available for conferences, seminars, parties, holidays are coming up. Christmas parties, wedding receptions, weddings. We've had multiple weddings and receptions. We have a large youth room that's available if you want to have youth groups from churches. We have a lot of churches that are meeting in schools, so they don't have access midweek for those kinds of things. Birthday parties. It has was really a partnership with multiple organizations, but it has a lot of activities in it, and it's really fun. That's really smart. And we have small ones, too. Yeah, that's great. I had no idea either. Huh. Yeah. So those hours, they might be open during the evenings. Yeah, and, we can schedule yeah. open hours. Okay. Okay. What's one of your favorite stories maybe that you've had going through, whether it was a caseworker, whether it was even working with donors, whether it was working with your staff, your volunteers, anything, what's something that you can think of that you're like, oh my gosh, like either this was life-changing or I would have never experienced that if I wasn't here in this space. Just as you say, that countless stories just flood my mind. So the most recent one that moved my heart, so many of them moved my heart. Um, Even now I sit, my office sits directly across from another caseworker and I get to hear sometimes some of the stories and it just moves me. I, we had a lady that came in, we never give names of course, but she came in and shared that she had just been eating uh, frozen vegetables and fruits out of her freezer and didn't have any food. And then she heard about us and was able to get food and was so moved. And so you just don't even think about it in our community. You drive around and you think everybody looks like they're doing great. You know, everybody looks like they're fed. Everybody looks like their house. Not everybody, but you think surely not my neighbor. And you just don't know. So um, the impact that the House of Neighborly Service has on a daily basis moves my heart. I have to tell you, just in the last week, we've had some amazing encounters where somebody will walk up to the reception desk and share their story and will say, oh, we've got the perfect caseworker. She'll understand. She's been through this or he's been through that. But when this, this just really has impacted me, so I'm going to share it. We had this gentleman come in. He was a a single dad, had a couple of kids, never sought services before. And he very humbly and embarrassingly came in and he sat down with the caseworker and began to share his story. 
And because we offer so many services within the Life Center, plus we make it a real effort to know the community resources. She just started offering him food and clothes and utility assistance and let's contact the Boys and Girls Club and on and on. And when it was all over, he looked at her and goes, he said, who are you people? And it was so beautiful because when you've been an organization for 58 years and every month we invite another nonprofit to come in and share their services. So we're aware. We want to know who's doing what and how can we connect with them. We really have such a beautiful, beautiful atmosphere there. And and it's it's kind of like the rope for hope. People feel like they're going off the deep end or they've hit rock bottom. And so that's why this fundraiser is such a beautiful picture of what we do. We are there to help people. If they've gone off the deep end, we want to help them land safely. If they feel like they're getting ready to go over the edge, we want to say, no, we're, we're here to help you. Let, let's defer that situation and, and go this direction. So I could tell you thousands of stories I've heard over 18 years of just our neighbors, your neighbors and my neighbors, who just fall on hard times and they need a helping hand. And that's what communities do is they offer that. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm hearing too is people maybe see as you're getting off the highway, you know, somebody standing there and they think, well, I don't even know that person, but it depends on how I feel. Maybe I'll give them something. Maybe I won't. Right. But the point that you're saying is it could be your neighbor. Like you Correct. don't know, you don't know what people are going through. And it literally could be my neighbor. And every time you say that, like I'm getting chills. Cause I'm like, That's... Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Or it could be, and it's not even really like your physical neighbor, but it could be a girlfriend. It could be a coworker. It could be, you know, I'm just thinking the person checking you out at the grocery store, you know, things like that, that, yes. you know, I'm thinking of the definition of a neighbor of someone that you wouldn't basically think has that, I don't know, I don't want to say that look, but where yeah. you where you know that it's they exactly like desperate. what you said. Yes, yeah, exactly. They don't look desperate. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly what you said, where they might you don't even know, basically, Correct. as you're passing by. And while you were saying that too, I was thinking, you know, people don't know the woman about eating her frozen, frozen vegetables and, and her frozen fruit. And it's not even about not knowing, but some people don't even look like yeah. have their eyes open to see because they're so involved in getting here and getting there. And I've got to get the kids this oh. and I've got to do that. And I've got all my own world. So it's mm -hmm. really just stepping back and seeing that as well, you know, that it, first of all, stop and pause and yes. look around. Mm -hmm. Second of all, you know, it could be literally the person standing next to you and you really don't know. So Correct. really to keep those eyes open. And and that's what I'm hearing, especially because of your name too, the House of Neighborly mm -hmm. Services. I'm trying to think of other people that would be defined as neighbors that everybody runs into all the time. Right. right? Yes. Well, Natalie, thanks for saying that because that comes back to our income guidelines. I'm speaking now to business owners. You could have people who are in your employment that might be making $60,000 and they are truly struggling. A single mm -hmm. mom might be struggling, even though she's got a great job. And so it's sometimes it's embarrassing to go to your coworkers or your boss and ask for help. And so I just hope that if you're listening, that you'll keep this in the back of your mind, that if they do appear to be, you know, okay, but you know what it takes to live here in Colorado and, and just, just keep 
that in the back of your mind that there might be somebody that you could reach out to and share some of the great nonprofits here in, in Northern Colorado. So how would you just, because we're, we're talking to business owners too, and you know, I was, I was seeing what you were saying to both business owners, but also to employees too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, thinking about business owners, how would you recommend that they put that out there? Cause that's such a sensitive topic. Like you can't, you don't want to just walk up, you know, to somebody or anything like that. But, you know, I'm trying to think of my office because my office does a lot. And so I'm just thinking, I mean, even just maybe putting a sign out for mm -hmm. patients that come in and, and see us, you know, and then maybe your staff will also see. Right. Do you yes. know, I don't know what would be the best way. I mean, I don't know if you guys even have an answer to get business owners to reach out a little bit more either to their own or to just in the surrounding areas as well. Well, we've been on a bit of a campaign. We have. We have um, shared our not only our services but our income guidelines with the school districts, with local businesses, putting it up in the library, the rec centers. We just participated in the Larimer County Cornrows Parade, passed out 10,000 flyers, and we did see some impact from that. We saw some people come in and go, gosh, I had no idea I could get help. I don't qualify right. for anything. But here you're saying I can get help from you. We've taken it to churches and we're asking mm -hmm. business owners and to put this up on your bulletin board where yeah. people don't have to come to you and ask for help. They can see it for themselves and very anonymously go and, and get their needs met. So you have a paper in front of you. Is yes. that like in a PDF file or something that's on your website that people can download and put in their businesses? Well, help. <laughs> <laughs> we have a wonderful yes. website that it takes us a little bit of time to get things up on it because it has to be shifted and redesigned when we put things on. So we have a wonderful volunteer that helps us. And, and he's a businessman who travels quite a bit. Yeah. So we're a little bit at the mercy of his schedule. But this is definitely something that is going on the website yes. very soon, mm -hmm. as well as all of Absolutely. our events are on there. Yeah. And you can, anyone can call us. You asked about what's our, what our wish list is. And my wish list is that businesses, more businesses, because we do have monthly donors from businesses, but that more businesses would become monthly donors and give what they can. And then they would get a lot of these things automatically mailed to them. Ah, some information and they can, and any business that calls, call us and get on our website, get our contact information, call me, um, donor relations. I'd be glad to visit you with any pamphlets that you need. I can get that to you in PDF form. Not a problem, you know, but put it in your break room and it doesn't necessarily have to be for the employees, but the employees might know somebody. Mm -hmm. They might have a family member. Everybody has somebody who is going through crisis. And we help people that are in poverty, but we also help people that are going through situational crisis that come and go, and we all are hit by that. So this is good information for everybody. And when you go on our website, you will see some of our ongoing sponsors. Yes, There's a ribbon that goes around. Sponsors. Many of our local churches, many of our banks, Businesses. The Budweiser Event Center, Shields, um, mm -hmm. just really trusted partners in our community that have come alongside of us because Envipest, it can yeah. Envipest, mm -hmm. uh, Waypoint Bank, 
I hate to. I know we lift somebody. We're an affiliate of Realities for Children. We're an affiliate of United Way, and so just a 58 year track record is a long time. You're making me love this community. I'm just thinking, hearing all these. I'm like, we are a rich community. (laughs) We are great, emotionally rich, but um, not everybody's rich, and that's Mm -hmm. kind of where we our niche is to help those that are just in need. Yes. And our heart is, you know, to add to that, we focus, I mean, we do have a heart for homelessness with our two homeless programs, but we also, since 90% of our clients are people that are housed, we have a heart to keep people housed so that when they, when you go through these crises, what people don't realize is that it can displace you. And you could get a snowball effect where you get behind on things and before you know it, you're you're getting evicted or things happen. So our heart is to make sure that people stay housed. Mm-hmm. So before those things happen, come to us, get help, get resources, and um, that can help you stay in a good position. If you've already got a place to live, if you've already got a place that you're running, we want you to stay in that place. Mm-hmm. And Natalie, you mentioned earlier, you get off the interstate and you see somebody standing there and you really don't know what to do. About 10 years ago, we worked with our police department. They actually paid for for the printing, but we created a resource card and it has the very basic places where homeless individuals and families can go. It has a community kitchen. There are actually two daily meals listed on there, House of Neighborly Services on there. So when you drive up and you see that person on the corner or that family and you, and you go, oh, are they really homeless? Do I help them? Do I give them food? Do I give them money? And we just say, whatever you feel led to do, mm-hmm. give them a resource card. And oh, we pass them out that. by the thousands. Yes. Business owners have them in their stores. So if somebody comes into your store and they're asking for money, you can say, here are the resources in our community that were created to help you. Yes. And it's just your way. It's empowering our residents Mm -hmm. to know how to really help somebody. Yeah. And I have, um, so where do they get the, where do we get those resource cards? Well, like I said, we pass them out by the thousands to business owners, the police departments carry them, but, um, Mm, boy, I don't come know. To come to House and yeah. Come to the Life Center. While you're there, ask for a tour, and we will pass them out right there at the reception desk. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I have. Um, I, I interviewed another organization, and they have these meal coins, and so I always have yes. those in my car. But I like that so much better because it does empower them. It's not just giving yes. them cash, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, constantly looking around my car. I'm like. Gosh darn it, I don't I have cash. a bottle of water or, you know, <laughs> yeah. food or something like that. Sometimes I'll have a backpack in the back of my car um, that's filled and ready to go. But that's one person, you know. Yeah. And so the things like the resource card or these meal coins, they're so much easier because it's not only giving them something, but it's exactly like what you said. It's empowering them, mm-hmm. you know, to make the choice yes. to go and get help or to ask mm-hmm. for help as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. We actually have some sandwich boards on certain count, uh, streets where there tend to be quite a few homeless people standing. And I've seen other communities do this. Denver has done this, where they'll put up a sign that says, save a life, support a local nonprofit. And then there's a list of some of the nonprofits that will serve the homeless population. So that's a really good idea as well. Similar, similar information. Yeah. And that card is not just sending them to the food. It's sending them to people who care. 
Mm-hmm. It's sending them good to point. people who have good connections. And if they want to make choices, if they're looking for a job, if they're looking for just they can they can get connected to people who really care. Yeah, that's a great point. So what is one piece of advice that you can share with our listeners on making the world a better place from each of you? See people. That's just a, a message that's been running through my mind for about a week. Is, 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 and we learned this at HNL. Somebody comes in to see you and you don't know what their experience has been with people, with agencies. So see them beyond how they're acting, how they may look, and really just honor them and, and respect them enough to give them time to share who they really are, and what their deep needs are. And what that does is it really builds a respect for one another. And what we know is that until you build a relationship with someone, you're, you're never really going to get to the point where you can truly help them. So just see people beyond the, the face value. I like that. I would say ditto, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I believe uh, be present, be present and be intentional in your day. Uh, life just is so busy and crazy. And I believe that our, I believe that our lives have an eternal impact. So I just have to remind myself to be present in the day. And when something comes up, you know, just to be engaged, be intentional, because what you do in that moment, you you just have no idea. You, you have no idea of the impact that your small movements, your smile, your eye engagement, your kind words, you don't know what an impact and a rippling effect that could have on somebody's life. You just don't know where they're at and what a difference kindness makes. You know, we our motto is creating a kinder, more neighborly community. It sounds very simple, but it has a huge impact. So people need kindness today. I agree. Well, thank you both thank so you. much. Thank I'm you, so glad both of you came and um, it's, it's been wonderful getting to know you and to learn more about the House of Neighborly Service. I definitely know where to dive in now yeah. <laughs> and get people involved and have enough information and hopefully this will help as well. Yes. Well, and Natalie, don't forget, we met through an activity your child was involved with. Yeah. So yep. we do love families to be yes. working together mm-hmm. and we've got multiple ways that children can actually serve children. Yes, I love and that's that too. Really fun. They re- they can understand when they're doing something on a kid yes. level. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World, and thank you Noco FM for supporting this show. If you haven't heard, NOCO FM is dedicated to bring diverse voices and spotlighting a unique culture to Fort Collins and beyond. For more information, please visit www.noco.fm. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This has been a production of NOCO FM. 